As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. I think we could just do so much better. Um, Wikipedia now has uh, something like, uh, at last count, I think it was something like, um, was it eight or twelve thousand people who were uh, had done enough editing in the previous month to be able to vote on articles, mm-hmm. and that isn't very much, right? I mean, to, as as shepherds for uh, a top ten website and the biggest uh, encyclopedia in the world. That's just not enough. 
So today on the show, we are going to be talking to the founders of Everpedia, a very exciting Wikipedia competitor built on the blockchain. Today we have the founders, Sam Kasbian, the president, Theodore Facilius, the CEO, and Larry Sanger, who is also a co-founder of Wikipedia. We're going to hear Everpedia's vision for the future, why they feel they have a better solution than Wikipedia, and what the advantage of building this on top of the blockchain really is, all on today's episode. So stay tuned. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Season six of Rocketship is all about lock, land, and building on top of the blockchain. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We're your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. Fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. Um, so let's start off. Tell me what is Everpedia and, and why did you found it? So Everpedia, at Everpedia, we're basically uh, building the world's first and largest encyclopedia on the blockchain. Um, but to just give you a quick uh, history of how the company started and stuff, because it's been around for about uh, two years um, so originally, we started the company with the vision to build a more modern and inclusive version of Wikipedia. And this was in uh, early 2015. Um, and since then, we've, we've grown the site to about 3 million unique users, um, 6.5 million articles, um, about 7,000 uh, registered editors. And we've raised a little over a million dollars in traditional VC funding from Silicon Valley. Um, so what was the problem with Wikipedia? That you, so you, you mentioned inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, is that an issue inside of the Wikipedia community? Yeah, certainly. So one of the biggest inspirations for me and Sam when we, when we started this company two years ago was, you know, both of us were huge Wikipedia fans we're both Wikipedia editors, um, but we were kind of frustrated with the Wikipedia community and how inclusive, how, how non-inclusive it was and basically how hard it was to get any changes through, um, especially their notability standard, which we thought was really up to date for what's considered notable in 2017, um, whereas, you know, some, some doctor from the 1800s that gets five searches on Google a month could have an article, but you know, a YouTube blogger or a social media star with, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of searches on Google a month did not have an article. So we, we did this huge vacuum of content that Wikipedia doesn't cover um, that we think should have this format on the internet. So uh, was there a space that you started in? I mean, because Wikipedia is an expansive library of, of content. Was, was there a specific area that you focused on? So we actually started by natively importing all of Wikipedia um, onto our own site. So we already have all of, all of English Wikipedia on our site kind of as a foundation to build upon because, you know, counter the argument on how you can compete with Wikipedia's content base that they've built up over the years. We use that as a foundation to, to build upon. Um, Wikipedia actually did the same thing with Britannica back when they started. Um, Larry can attest to that as well. Um, so we, we kind of started with that and then built on top of that. Since then, our own editors have created you know, hundreds of thousands of articles on top of that themselves, um, which technically makes us the world's largest 
English encyclopedia by content already larger than Wikipedia. Interesting. Lair, I'd love to hear about importing Britannica um, back in the back in the start of Wikipedia. Right. Uh, um, I guess we did that, um, but that was the 1911 version of, of uh, Britannica. So, but it, it really did uh, pad out the content of, of uh, Wikipedia. That's for sure. Interesting. So, talk to me a bit about the the editing process on on Wikipedia versus the 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 new blockchain based process that you've developed. So, on a high level, um, it means that. When you, when you contribute content and curate articles on Wikipedia, you're rewarded tokens within the ecosystem. These tokens represent votes on the site that allows you to vote um, and reach consensus of which articles are accepted into the encyclopedia and which ones are not. Um, this, since these tokens have real uh, monetary value, that means that Keno also works as an um, automatic quality mechanism because the more tokens you hold the larger your monetary investment is and the higher your incentives are to make sure that with whatever content you approve to get on the site it's not malicious of any nature because if you allow through you know trolls and malicious content and stuff like that um, that makes the the value of the entire network uh, go down which which your tokens are, are pegged to the value of Know, the entire network so uh, same thing with bitcoin like you know you could technically from, from a mathematical standpoint buy like 51 percent of all, all like bitcoin and like destroy it but you know no one has really done that yet because there's really not any financial incentive to burn millions of dollars if i could join in here um so, i there's there's a little background that, that we need to supply i think um uh, right, the the process that you see working on Everpedia right now is going to continue on, much as it, as it has been, and it's basically the same sort of wiki process um, that that Everpedia uses. Um, but what we're doing um, it, with the addition of the blockchain is we're we're actually adding the ability. To um, to create competing articles, um, and and uh, the the uh, articles eventually we are going to to make it possible for uh, uh, users in the system to uh, to rate articles, and then at least in our use of the of the data in the blockchain on Everpedia. We'll will show the highest rated article, um, and that's. But again, there will continue to be a wiki process ongoing um, for the the main Everpedia article and perhaps uh, other Everpedia articles. But in addition to all of that, there's going to be a lot of content um, because it's an open decentralized blockchain. There's going to be a lot of content that is taken from other sources as well. So um, we, we've—I'm not going to reveal the name—but we've already got um, a, a, a deal with um, a well-known encyclopedia, um, and and there, uh, uh, the, the CEO of, of that group has already agreed to um, to put 
their contents on the, the uh, encyclopedia blockchain that we're starting. So there, there's the mention of, of blockchain, which is the ledger. And then there's this token, which essentially is a is an Everpedia coin, if you will, that has actual monetary value. That as you participate in um, in Everpedia and edit articles, you actually earn this token or or coin that you could then take to theoretically an exchange and an exchange for you know Bitcoin or even cash. That is correct. Very cool. Okay, so you, you've so it has the same editing capabilities as Wikipedia, but now the the editors um, will will earn money that they can then recycle into the the community, right? Yeah, and the, the really cool thing about this is since these tokens actually track the value of the network, they kind of make makes them into virtual shares, of like. A virtual company, in a sense. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this this kind of makes everyone that participates in the editing process on the site a stakeholder in the in the site itself. Um. So the, the incentive is mainly like actually having having a having a stake in this entire platform um, as a user and earning back the value that you create, whereas. You create value today on, you know, Facebook. That value goes to a centralized organization um, like Facebook Incorporated. Or do it on Wikipedia today. You know, all the value goes to the Wikimedia Foundation. Right. Whereas with this model, the value actually comes back to you as an editor. That's that's the really cool thing about this. Now, I have to ask about the the kind of economic side of this. Who controls the supp- the share supply? Right. With Bitcoin, you have mining. Um, with Everpedia, you have editing, but who controls the the total market cap of those coins? Yeah, um, we have a we have basically a distribution model that's similar to uh, Bitcoin. There's a there's a halving cycle, which the total uh, number of tokens that'll ever be distributed is uh, one billion, and basically there's uh, every every few years it gets halved. And uh, mining, or not mining, but editing rewards that are modeled after mining rewards on uh, Bitcoin. So it's programmatic, basically. Answer to the question is it's programmatic and it can't be set by one group of people or something. But um, yeah, it, it is. And even you as the company can't issue more no. token or share. You, yeah. you can't change that. Cool. No, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, it's a really interesting model. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Now, back to the show. Uh, Larry, I, I'm, I'm interested how you see this um, as the next evolution of Wikipedia. Why, why were you so interested in getting involved? I've been thinking about uh, the quality of information online for a long time. 
And um, ever since I started working on Newpedia, which evolved into Wikipedia, the reason that I uh, I left Wikipedia back in early 2003, um, uh, permanently broke with them, was actually over the, the, the issue of, of the quality of the information and the, the uh, responsibility of, of the Wikipedia community as, as uh, shepherds um, of, of the information. I thought that it had become too insular and too appealing only to a, a small number of people. I think mm. the world desperately, desperately needs a bigger encyclopedia, one that is open to con- contributions to uh, from absolutely everyone. So what we need to do, um, so to make a long story short, um, I, uh, I approached the guys when I was visiting them in um, Los Angeles in their offices last year um, with, uh, with the, the notion of uh, an encyclopedia project where the best articles um, from all around the internet would be uh, located and and put into a um, a single uh, repository and and the, the the best would be found by uh, rating um, and uh, so they they were like really busy getting Everpedia started Everpedia in its current form started at the time so they sort of passed on that idea. Um, but then uh, Sam came back to me uh, a couple of, of months ago and um, with some very exciting news. So I, um, I had only heard a little bit about um, blockchain. I'd never invested in Bitcoin or anything like that. And um, Sam told me that Everpedia was going to use um, a, a, a blockchain. They were going to put their their own content on a blockchain. And the idea then was that, hey, now we can actually implement um, that idea. We can finally um, uh, invite everybody to uh, an even playing field, a level playing field, and create a, 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 a knowledge marketplace, essentially. Um, so uh, the blockchain is precisely the way to enable people to um, to create uh, to co-create the best represent- representation of of human knowledge um, and uh, and to be co-owners of it as well and not and and, and to have it spread uh, the, the responsibility for it spread throughout the world and not in the hands. Of, of a few people who, you know, sit on their wiki pages. So, for, so I understand it, at Wikipedia, it had become kind of like a, a closed group of editors that had access to these pages and, and you didn't feel like they were letting other opinions in, like they were actually controlling the, the narrative a bit too much versus what, what a, an encyclopedia re- should be, which is just a, uh, yeah, I think we can just do so much better. Um, Wikipedia now has uh, something like, uh, at last count, I think it was something like, um, was it eight or twelve thousand people who were uh, had done enough editing in the previous month 
to be able to vote on articles. And that isn't very much, right? I mean, to, as, as shepherds for uh, a top 10 website and the biggest uh, encyclopedia in the world, that's just not enough. Um, I actually think that the number of people who could be working on it every day, uh, numbers not in, uh, you know, a few thousand, but uh, a few million. And what would it be like if there were that much, uh, that, that many people involved? It would be completely different. It would be huge and it would be a lot, lot better. I have to ask the the solution. It, it sounds like the next the next version, and and it sounds like it could really solve the problem. How do you anticipate dealing with some of the bad actors now that there is a monetary component, right? So with Wikipedia, you have to edit, and then you get access to vote. Here, you could potentially buy access to vote on an open market. How do you plan on on dealing with that, or or does the blockchain solve some of those problems for us? Yeah, um, it'll be really interesting to explore the game theory behind uh, how this stuff works and see what are uh, one of our assumptions are actually correct. Uh, it'll, you know, no one's ever done something like this, so this is really first of its kind. But I'm pretty confident that you know the model that Bitcoin and and cryptos as a whole and the ecosystem proved is even. Uh, you know, you can think of a system in which some bad actors might possibly be able to take down the um, network. It's really never, it's really like significantly, literally has never actually happened. That, well, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm not talking about the, the network itself, but, you know, imagine you have an article on politics and you have millions of dollars flooding in to push a certain opinion. We already see it with ads on Facebook, ads on Twitter. Um, it, it's not unplausible that a company could come in and buy up enough shares to actually influence which article is shown um, as the most popular opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that, that, that is a good point. So we have, so depending on how people vote and stuff, the, the consensus mechanism has different, um, it, there's a different algorithm in which if there is um, you know, one one entity that's voting a different way while 99% of people are you know, voting some other way. Uh, there's there's like checks and balances that prevent those kind of corner cases. Uh, it's kind of similar to proof of stake, um, if, if you want a specific technical example. Uh, and all of that's actually laid out in the white paper. So this is actually one of the most interesting problems. It's one of the first things that you know, I uh, mentioned in the actual technical paper. So um, we have we have some good ways of, of fighting it. Um, I think that we'll we'll learn more of how this works once we actually have a, a live network, which is really. Can exciting. I take a stab at that? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so, I'd love um, to hear your opinion. Definitely, at the blockchain level, there are technical solutions that can be used. Um, uh, there are solutions associated with the protocol. And, and uh, we're definitely going to work hard on that. But there's another um, sort of layer of data which will be part of the blockchain, and that is ratings of articles by particular users. So one of the things that we are eventually going to support is the ability of um, different uh, users to basically declare that they are 
um, part of a, a certain uh, group. They can they can actually identify their own, I don't know, race, gender, um, ethnicity, religion, nationality, um, and as well as their their uh, specializations. You know what they're experts in, and so forth. And we'll also be able to uh, track which users are, are members of which professional organizations. And then we will be able to use that data together with um, the ratings that those people pro provide. And anyone will be able to build any sort of front end um, that, will, um, that will make use of, of that data, right? So if like, if Exxon buys up a, a bunch of shares in order to um, to upvote the the uh, Exxon uh, article that they prefer just for example mm -hmm. um, then uh, it will be entirely possible for an innovative uh, app developer to um, basically discard uh, their vote and to um, use other uh, less self-interested votes you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and and so like right now with Wikipedia, when I read an article, the the author is a little vague, right? Like I, I don't really know who's behind the, the editing. Uh, is there the potential that with the blockchain, because all the data is is publicly accessible, that that information and that viewpoint will be um, more obvious to the reader? Definitely, yeah. It's, it's much more transparent um, when you when you're doing this on a blockchain um, and just just the way our front end at Everkia is built as well makes the whole uh, curating process much more transparent there's more information and data about um, the, the people that are creating the articles and things like that than there is on Wikipedia well also as you probably know um, you know Bitcoin is as anonymous or as public as you uh, kind of uh, want it so this is kind of the same thing as like Larry is saying it's, it's very easy also uh, likely going to be encouraged uh, for people to uh, sign messages that basically prove they're from some organization like CNN or a group of people or, or, or whatever and you know in, in blockchain stuff it's so easy to prove that if you just sign a message and you know have that channel of that group or something basically confirm that that signature um and for for anonymity it's also goes the other way too you can make additions and uh propose additions basically and uh vote um on you know state change of these edits completely anonymously as well and, and only be basically um known as a cryptographic hash if you want it to so basically both ends of the spectrum uh, that makes this really like free and, and open. You can be as anonymous as uh, as you know, non-anonymous. Yeah, it's an incredibly exciting problem to solve. Yeah, this, I'm, uh, this, I'm looking this, forward to seeing how it evolves. Yeah, thank you. Um, and this this kind of the, the discussion on anonymity and stuff kind of leads us into another important aspect that I wanted to. Uh, briefly mentioned um, that that is the fact that the platform itself won't just be owned by the community itself it'll actually be hosted by the community itself so we're using 
something called IPFS and eventually EOS storage. Um, stands for interplanetary file system um, to actually host all the content on the site, all the articles. Um, and this, this basically means that it's hosted on nodes by, by uh, our content curators all around the world instead of on a centralized server um, in the U.S. Um, this has some very interesting implications, um, one of which is that it makes the site uncensorable in the in the traditional sense that, you know, foreign regimes and, and corporations and stuff censor websites. So Wikipedia, for example, is censored in a lot of countries, such as, you know, China, Turkey, um, Iran, Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, etc., uh, that's because these governments they can ban you know one IP or one server, um, but you know they w- they won't be able to ban actually ban or censor you know thousands of nodes that are that are ho- collectively hosting this much as you know how they can't technically ban Bitcoin they can't ban you know peer to peer file sharing it'll it'll be the same principle essentially um, which is really cool because since we have all of Wikipedia already. Um, and we have all our own content. That means that people in China and, and Turkey and all these countries that don't have access to Wikipedia or certain, certain parts of Wikipedia um, will actually start to be able to access uh, Wikipedia anonymously through our Wikipedia. And there's, there's nothing the, the governments in these countries can actually do about that. Very nice. Well, it's exciting, guys. Um, where do we get involved how do we how do we keep up with the progress and and where do we keep up with you guys online um you, you can always uh, i'd say the first thing is get an account on everypedia.org slash register um right now the site is still the traditional website that i described with the modern editing interface and- Thanks for listening to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. You can check out all the shows on the Podglomerate Network at thepodglomerate.com. And there's some good ones. We also want to give a huge thanks to Jordan Aaron, who helped us mix this entire series, and we couldn't have done it without him. No, and also a big thank you goes out to everybody in this series that was willing to open up to us, whether you are a part of the Blackland Initiative, whether you are a naysayer in this Blackland Initiative, thank you for being there for us. Um, and finally, Rocket Chip is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We invite you to come over to productcollective.com and sign up to be a member. It's free to do that, and you can keep tabs on all things product, whether you're getting our newsletter every single week, uh, whether you're attending one of our live video Q&A chats with product leaders all around the world. You can even join our Slack channel with thousands of other product people. Just come over to productcollective.com.